0: 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos.
2: And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here
1: visit by toyota let's go places
3: let's go! this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host stormy bonatoni on fsn the sports betting network
4: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Lombardi line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. We are coming to you from cross country. Michael's out there in Jersey, and I'm here at Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Michael, we have a ton to get into as week six of the NFL approaches, injury updates, news and headlines to break down. But before we get to all of that. How about the yep. Golden Knights banner raising last night? I, I know that you were probably asleep. <laughs> it's very late at night. But that was not one probably. of the no, coolest
5: things. You could scratch probably from the conversation. I definitely <gasps> oh, was. Oh, you mean but an
4: 8.30 p.m. Pacific time puck drop didn't keep you awake last night, Michael? But uh...
5: No, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if Springsteen playing racing in the streets at 8.30 Pacific time and I'm on the – would keep me up. I, I think that would be – I would probably fall asleep then too. Valid. I get up too early.
4: But I do hope that you at least got to see on social media what was one of the coolest banner raisings ever. Uh, The Golden Knights started their Stanley Cup title defense last night with a big win over the Seattle Kraken. But before the game, all of the pageantry and everything you would expect from Vegas. You have Mark Stone coming out, raising the cup, doing the lap around the ice, and then pulls down the handle on a slot machine, Michael, a (laughs) life-size jumbo slot machine. And the banner raises up as three Stanley Cups kind of like slide down on the slot machine. It was the coolest thing and so Vegas and got me really hyped up. I'm not like one of those people that during football season is betting a whole lot of hockey. I'll probably just watch Golden Knights games for the next couple months, but I like – I got gassed up for the season because of that, Michael. I'm like, bet the 13-1 to 1 on them to win the cup again. Just do it. Just do it.
5: And why not? Why not? <laughs> why not, yeah. Stormy? I mean, that's awesome. I mean, look, you, you you know, if you believe it, and why not? In hockey, I mean, look, the, the, first of all, I, they took their two-week break. I mean, this is ridiculous, right? They're back so quick. But, you know, I mean, why can't they? I mean, these teams, like, what, Boston was the best team record-wise last year in the league? And what, they get eliminated in the second round? Or they get eliminated in the first? I think it was the second round, right?
4: They got eliminated. I think they got eliminated in the first round. I have to go back and check in my head. But I'm pretty sure it was like a shocking... ending. So I was so focused on Vegas, clearly my mind's not in it, Michael, but uh, I know that the Toronto Maple Leafs finally got out of the first round for once in their lives, but that's all they've done in the last 20 years. Um, But okay, for as excited as I am about the Vegas Golden Knights, Michael, Colts fans probably not as excited right now seeing that Anthony Richardson was officially placed on injured reserve, going to be out at least four weeks. When I first saw him go down, I thought it was going to be a broken collarbone. Reports have it as a sprained AC joint for that throwing shoulder. Unfortunate, obviously, to see him missing time again already, but Gardner Minshew has certainly stepped in pretty admirably.
5: Yeah, I mean, now it becomes a little bit more of a problem, right? Because now Minshew is the starter. He's not coming in relief. So you have a sense of what they want to do. You're not going to run the same – you're not going to run the RPO game with the same – with with Minshew, but you're also not going to run – you know, the same down-the-field passing. And Minshew's a rhythm thrower, West Coast guy, you know, and he's good in short stints, accurate, you know, and and the team has confidence. He's got great leadership skills, so the team has confidence in him. I think the dilemma's going to get into what do you do if he gets hurt. They signed mm-hmm. Kellen Mann, you know, and they have Ellinger still on the roster, but this is going to be problematic for them. And I think the bigger issue really is – We got to stop Richardson. We got to keep Richardson healthy. I mean, it's one thing to have this incredible talent, it's another thing to keep him healthy. And I think a lot of that comes back to once he's, you know, he hasn't had a lot of experience, right? So he hasn't played a lot of games. And I think the more you play, the more you understand how to avoid some of the hits that he's had to take. I think that's going to be critical.
4: Well, and so that's kind of the thought process that came to mind for me is that obviously the style of play is what makes him special, but it can also be to his detriment in some instances. So you have to learn a little bit more of that awareness. For you, looking at a rookie quarterback like him, what's the level of concern for a player like him who has all this upside and all this potential but is already proving to be so injury-prone so quickly?
5: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't he to me, I think to me, he's got to avoid those contacts. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's got to be able to the game's got to come quicker to him and he got to stop using his body. Now, Josh Allen did and he didn't get hurt. But this is a younger. This is a young player. I think sometimes why do they limit kids from playing tackle football at a young age? Because it's it, they get prone to injury. You take a young player from college who hasn't had the full four years of development, they're prone to injury. I think a lot of this is going to be development of his body and getting it to where he's had a full off-season to prepare for the contact.
4: An important division game coming up on the road at Jacksonville. They're getting four points in that spot. Total 45 and a half after that. Cleveland, New Orleans, and at Carolina. Those will be the four games that he will certainly miss, but we'll keep tabs on his health and status moving forward. Whether or not he ultimately needs surgery is still in question. Also on injured reserve, Michael, we didn't get to talk about this yesterday, but Cardinals running back James Conner with a knee injury. Amari DiMorcado is the backup. Undrafted rookie out of TCU because Keontae Ingram has been active the last two games with a neck injury himself. Uh, We saw DeMarcado come in last game after uh, James Conner was injured, 10 rushes, 45 yards, and a touchdown. How does this change things for Arizona without their best weapon out there on the field?
5: Yeah, it's going to be a hard one, right? I mean, this is a team that can't afford to lose players. They don't have enough good ones. And I think the other thing is, is when you watch them and you break them down like this week against the Rams, This is a tough matchup. We see this line. It went from six and a half to seven, not because of the Connor news, I think, more because of this is a hard matchup for the Cardinals. This is exactly who the Rams want to play, a team that's not any good in their secondary, a team that lets you control the ball. This team has played 44 more plays than their opponent. Defensively, So they're on the field all the time. And they are pretty good. They're 41% on third down. So they're good on third down conversions, but their defense is on the field too long. This is when Sean McVay is really good. And against this bad secondary, it's going to be a problem. Now, they're going to have to try to run the ball, slow the game down, but this one's tough. Every game that Matthew Stafford has played against the Arizona Cardinals over 21 and 22, he played one last year in 2 and 21, He has covered a seven number. He's Mm. one by seven and then one by 17 and then 10. So I, I was surprised when the line opened up below seven but now it's rock solid at seven.
4: That's a great stat right there. Keep that in the back pocket as you're looking at this game this weekend. And for anybody who missed it yesterday, the Rams did go ahead and dump wide receiver Van Jefferson, traded him to the Falcons for late round pick swaps with the emergence of Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell, paired with Cooper Cup getting back into the fold. He was kind of the odd man out, but he's in a pretty crowded (laughs) receiver room there in Atlanta as well. So we'll see how things pan out for him. Also yesterday, we talked about Justin Jefferson going on IR, and there was a question about Devon Achan for the Miami Dolphins, whether or not he would, ultimately he too ended up being put on the injured reserve list, will miss the next four games. Somebody who is injured but is remaining on the field is TJ Watt, which I'm sure is surprising nobody based on the toughness and grit of that guy. But he suffered a badly dislocated finger in Sunday's Mm. win over the Ravens reportedly tore multiple ligaments in that finger, Michael, as well. So is that something that we need to keep an eye on from his standpoint? He stayed in that game and ended up making plays late in the game. So I'm not sure if that's something that should concern us or not.
5: Well, I think, you know, when it's, I don't know what they did with it. I have to go back and watch the tape again to see if they taped it to his next finger. But, you know, when it's dislocated, they put it back in. It's a pain tolerance thing, right? Yeah. And so they'll probably he won't wear a cast. He'll just wrap it. But, you know, one of the things he does is he pulls and tugs. You need your hands to do that. You know, well, you got to get your hands on people. And if he's got something that keeps his hand from extending. See there, he's got a tape. It looks like on one of those. So I I think to me, he'll be he's so tough. He'll play through it. Look, they need him to. Yeah, I mean, they're three and two in the first place. They're in first place in the north. They haven't played a good game yet all year offensively, and yet they've won three games.
4: So crazy to think about. But, but yeah, um, I, I agree with you. Plus, they have the bye week this week, so take a little extra precaution, see what they can do with it. Meanwhile, Deontay Johnson, who hasn't played since that week one loss to the San Francisco 49ers, when asked how he's feeling, he said, hell yeah, I'm coming back. I feel 100% right now. So that at least could be a positive for quarterback Kenny Pickett. Uh, the Bills have also placed linebacker Bill Milano, uh, Matt Milano and Daquan Jones on on injured reserve the expectation or belief is right now that it's going to be season ending for both of them although that yeah. hasn't been confirmed that's just you know what the reports that are out there right now fortunately though this week michael at least they're playing a giants team who this week is less talented and even more beat up
5: oh my god i would i mean i think it was i forget which which twitter person posted the injury report this week you know one of the insiders and I mean, from Darren Waller, who's now on with a groin and a hamstring. I mean, their offensive line, Andrew Thomas, Lemieux, Schmidt, McKellen, they're all hurt. Barkley's still hurt. You know, one of the things that happens, and I I agree with Barkley on this, so I am not criticizing the player. But when you're on a one-year deal and you get injured, you're not in any rush to come back until you're 100%. And you shouldn't. I'm saying this, you shouldn't. Because this is, the, this is what happens when you don't get a contract with a player. Barkley's got enough tape that people see what he can do on tape. But also, why would I put myself in position to eventually hurt myself? I think he's going to be slower to come back. And, you know, Waller's out there. Daniel Jones is in practicing today. Tyrod Taylor, they haven't activated another quarterback to put on the team yet. So that's going to be interesting if they do that. If they trigger that maneuver, if they bring up a quarterback – From their practice squad, or if they add some to their practice squad, we'll see. Right now, I'm looking at their practice squad. They don't even have a third-string quarterback. So that's kind of ironic that they don't. Most teams carry three in some capacity, but as of right now, they don't.
4: Yeah, Daniel Jones not practicing today. Day said at his press conference this morning, the neck is still pretty sore, calling him day-to-day as of right now. And the last time we heard from Jones, he said it wasn't as serious as the neck injury that held him out in previous times. So we'll just have to keep tabs on that as the week goes. Um, If he does start, we already know the primetime numbers. They ain't good, Michael, for Mr. Daniel no. Jones. Uh, you got
5: to keep giving them to me. <laughs> I got to. I remind got to. me because I was the idiot that bet against those numbers. So, tell you. you know, remind me of that.
4: <laughs> I'm here for you. Help me help you. Uh, we got some juicy headlines in the NFL as well. But are they news or simply noise? Michael will help us decipher it all when we return.
3: This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network.
4: Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the vsin.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check the top VSIN experts' leaderboard. There you can view betting records, profit, and ROI, see which VSIN expert has the hot hand. For VCN Pro Picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VCN Pro subscriber today. You can sign up now for only $19 for your first month. VCN.com slash subscribe.
3: Is it news? Corleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately. Or just noise. Are well, you gonna act like this is news? Just noise. is noise. 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 Let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question: News or noise?
4: All right, Michael, let's get to it. Cruising through some of the big yeah. headlines of the day. According to a report from Jeff Howe of The Athletic, Patriots owner Robert Kraft is not opposed to dismissing head coach Bill Belichick if things don't improve and soon, quote, while there's a school of thought that suggests Belichick's earned the right to go out on his own accord, that the architect of the greatest dynasty in NFL history can coach in New England as long as he chooses, quote, Kraft doesn't subscribe to it. Kraft has grown frustrated, if not downright angry, over this shortage of success. News or normal in New England, Michael.
5: You know, I, I would classify it as news because I think it, you know, this report must come from somewhere, right? You know, it just isn't made up. There's sources close to him and he hasn't come out and denied it. So certainly that it must come from somewhere, so it qualifies as news. Look, we've seen this before in all sports, right? You know, it doesn't matter how much you won, it's what have you done lately. Andy Reid was four and twelve his last year in Philadelphia. Do you remember that? Nobody mm. does nobody'll talk about that you know and and yet you know they had their divorce and they went their separate ways, which ultimately happens. I mean, you know when you work together with someone for such a long time and the expectations are so high, you know rebuild, repair all that isn't gonna work out so I do think it's noise. I do think it's news, and I think you have to pay attention to it because it's coming from somewhere it just doesn't you know it's not. Jeff Howe must have a source somewhere or else the athletic that New York Times is not going to allow him to run with that.
4: Yeah, and these struggles have been there for the last handful of years, but more closely magnified this week after being outscored 72-3 to in the last two games. Bill Belichick, by the way, telling reporters that Mac Jones will get the start this week mm-hmm. after getting pulled in the fourth quarter each of the last two weeks with the game out of reach. With Thursday Night Football, Michael, coming up tomorrow, a certain streak has been mentioned on every single program that I have seen that can Kansas City Mm -hmm. has won 15 straight against the Denver Broncos. And it's one of those things where, you know, I don't anticipate and I don't think anybody anticipates the Denver Broncos upsetting the Chiefs regardless of the streak in this spot. Mm -hmm. But that said, is this one of those streaks that's news more like the Ravens and Steelers underdog situation we were talking about last week? Or is it just noise?
5: No, I I think this is noise. I mean, look, they and these two teams are in opposite directions, right? And so I, I this isn't a Raven, you know, they always play the game tight between the Ravens and the and the and the Steelers. No, no, no. This is a little different. This has a different feel to it. Both teams, well, let's put it in perspective. Kansas City is in the same team offensively. We know that they're struggling to get things going. But this Denver team, as you cited in the break, is historically bad. Historically bad. Uh, offensively, uh, defensively, and it might just be the same recipe. I mean, when the Bears came to town, that was the best thing for Kansas. Oh, they're back. They got it back. What was the Bears defense? Now you got the Denver Broncos coming to town, and I'm sure Mahomes and Kelsey will have their day. But let's remind ourselves, it's the Denver defense, and historically you can't get any worse than Denver.
4: While on Denver, Sean Payton has made some comments this week about the trade deadline that's approaching at the end of the month, saying we're not – looking to do business with any of our players, but that doesn't prevent teams from picking up the phone and calling. These comments come just a few days removed from shipping Randy Gregory to the 49ers. And after the reports about Frank Clark could be dealt uh, news or noise here with Sean Payne's comments.
5: Well, I think it's news. I mean, he's going to deal. I mean, once he, if he loses to Denver to Kansas city, which he will, he's going to be sitting there saying, okay. We got no chance to make the playoffs. We're not nearly as good as we are. Let's, let's see what we have here. And I think the only way in these situations where you gain some momentum is if you can convince the players that, you know, they're playing for next year. You know, that's the challenging thing in New England. If, if Kraft wants to get rid of Belichick and that permeates through the locker room, the players feel like, well, he's not going to be here next year. What do I care? But if you're Sean Payton, you know he's going to be there next year. He just got there. So now you can start your rebuild. You can start f- letting players go that you know are not going to be there and see if you can build your bank account with some draft assets.
4: Yeah, I wonder who some of those players might be. You remember this offseason, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, a couple names that were in that mix. Oh, yeah.
5: Those are, if he can get Frank Clark away, he will. I mean, it depends on, you know, if he can get rid of some of the guys yeah. because let's be honest, I mean, they haven't really done well enough to, to, to you know, you might as well liquidate and try to play young guys. The most important thing for any coach in these losing situations is to not stop the player development. You've got to coach the players hard. You've got to develop the young players. The older guys, they're like, I've seen this before. I want out. And you've got to get rid of those guys.
4: I don't know if anybody out there saw this, but Jerry Judy tweeted, these old heads be some lame haters, to which I love the response to Mark Sklareth who says, does old head mean someone with more playoff starts than you have career starts? So that's what's going on locally in Denver. Um, Speaking of teams, though, and coaches that are struggling with teams right now, um, trouble in Panther dice. It's been bad in Carolina uh, and might be getting worse based on some of what we heard from Frank Reich this week in his press conference. People kind of reading between the lines of his comments about ownership being quote engaged and he said while it's been a good experience it hasn't been fun many believe reich is talking about the thought process that he and josh mccown wanted cj stroud versus um, ownership and david tepper preferring bryce young here's frank reich yesterday there's different philosophies in ownership you know what i mean some owners kind of stay stay away and, and don't engage a whole lot. Other owners do. And his philosophy is he's gonna engage. And, um, and listen, it's only been a short experience, but it's been a really good experience. It hasn't been fun. You know, it's not fun. Those, those meetings aren't, I wouldn't characterize them as fun meetings, um, but those meetings make me better and I
5: trust they make us better.
4: News or noise, Michael, how do you break down what you have seen and heard from Frank Reich and the situation with David Tepper?
5: I think this is significant noise, a significant news, because w- what, what Frank Reich just did is let people behind the curtain of Carolina. And having worked for owners, when you do that, what you see today is the Josh McCowan video of him talking to C.J. Stroud. What you see is everybody coming after David Tepper. He opened up the box. He let people in. And the one thing I know about working for owners, they don't go anywhere. Like you, mm. they're not going to go anywhere you're going, but they're not. And it's never going to be their fault because they own the team, which is part of the, the part of the agreement you make when you come in the league. So for me, this is significant. Why have this conversation? Why are you doing this? Clearly, if you're Bryce Young and you hear this conversation, you cannot be happy. This has got to bother you because he's basically saying, I didn't want you. The owner did. But you're my coach. Now, he can walk back, but this was tactical. And he basically volleyed at the owner. And now he's going to lose to Miami. He's going into his bye week. And guess who he plays, Stormy, when he comes out of his bye week? Who we got. C.J. Stroud. So he just lit a campfire. And I know this from working for a lot of owners, you don't like campfires that point the pin at them. Because now Tepper's going to get a lot of things. They'll call rule up in Nebraska. Was Tepper meddling when you were there? They'll start asking people around the building, does he – meant? Does he? and now he's on the defensive. And once you put an owner on the defensive, your, your time there is not very long. It, to me, was one of the dumbest things you could do as a coach. And when he said there, well, it's made me better. They're tough meetings. Do you really need to say that? Yeah. And, and Do you need to say that. Do you need to put? You know, Hemingway used to say, "Don't overemphasize anything." Did you need to overemphasize that? I don't think you did. Like you basically lit the campfire. And Frank. And now all eyes are pointed to yeah. to to Tepper. I think Frank's. Got, I mean, unless Frank has a miraculous turnaround, which I can't think he can, because. The locker room, which which was winning games last year, is losing games badly this year. And the only change really is him.
4: Well, and that's all I was going to say is among the favorites to be the first head coach fired this year, Frank Reich is in that wheelhouse. And I keep thinking about what you said about Bryce Young, especially because I think we can all agree that there are much bigger and many more problems in Carolina outside of exclusively the quarterback position that like, if you're him and you hear that, how are you supposed to be confident and try to lead a team moving forward? Like that's, A difficult thing I think when all of the noise around you and your head coach is saying these things we have to take a a quick time out here but more news or noise later on in hour two because we still have more headlines to get to for sure but for now when we return we have some win totals that are on the move the Carolina Panthers are one of them are we buying low or selling high stay with us on the Lombardi line
3: This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatone on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Basketball season is ready to tip off and the Visa experts have been hard at work tracking the latest player moves to help you bet smarter. Become a Veasan Pro subscriber today and get our all-new NBA betting guide. It features up-to-date previews on all 30 teams, futures, and year-long player props, best bets on player awards, live betting strategies, plus thoughts and advice on building your own NBA betting model from senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel. Give yourself an edge this season. Get the Veasan NBA betting guide. You can do so by becoming a Veasan Pro subscriber today at veasancom subscribe win totals among the futures the guide will break down and NFL win totals we will be looking at here right now on the Lombardi line welcome back Michael Lombardi Stormy Bond and Tony with you and you know throughout the course of the season Michael we're always looking at some of these updated numbers and how they change and we've had a number of them that have either increased or decreased just in this past week so let's start with some of the more notable win totals that have ticked up and whether or not we want to buy in leave it alone take the under at these perspectives so let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles who have gone up from an 11 and to 12 and wins the Lions nine and a half with a two game bump to 11 and Seattle eight and a half to nine and a half Chargers eight and a half to nine and a half And Texans five and a half to seven and a half they have looked significantly better with CJ Stroud Under Center than many people anticipated but what's the big one that stands out to you
5: well, I mean, Detroit certainly. I didn't anticipate their defense playing to the level that it has, so they, they jump out to me because I think they're going to easily get to eleven and a half. I mean, this mm. is a big game in Tampa this week because this is one of those where, okay, you know, we're going outdoors. What's Golf's record outside? You know, what is he? How has he played? It's not going to be cold weather. It's not going to be windy, but you know, there's always that little bit of an element when when Golf goes outside, and you know, you see that he's got an eighty-five point two career rating. A quarterback on the outside, his average per attempt is 7.0. It's a little lower than it typically is. So, you know, you always worry about that. But I think their defense is good. Uh, I think their defense is good to get over the hump. I love Stroud. Stroud has not thrown an interception. This will be an interesting game for Stroud because for all the fun we make about this, our network makes about Dennis Allen as a head coach here, he's really a good defense coordinator. And he creates problems for young quarterbacks with his ability to disguise, his ability to create confusion post and pre-snap. So I think, to me, this is going to be a big game for Houston in terms of if they win this one, I think they get to their over total. If they don't, I think they come back to the pack. I think a lot of people think they have a chance to win the South. And based on the way they've played, I don't deny that. I really don't deny that. You know, they've got a chance to get – you know, to get healthier in their offensive line, which has been really important and and can make them a better team. So what D'Amico Ryans has done is impressive. I would say those two jump out at me, Stormy.
4: For, for the Lions, of course, their lone loss to this point has been in overtime to a Seattle team that I think many of us look at and consider pretty highly in the NFC this season. And you look through the rest of the Lions' schedule, it's not exactly a murderer's row of opponents either, Michael. So I know this week is important, but as you look ahead, you get – the Bears twice on this schedule, the Packers, mm-hmm. Denver, um, at Dallas, of course, in, in primetime could be a tough one later on in the line if they get their stuff together. But I mean, the way that I look at it, you're you're just shaking your head wishing I took that preseason nine and a half total over the way that that thing's ticked up. But you think they could still get over that number and get 12 plus wins?
5: Yeah, I, I do, because I mean, like you mentioned, the schedule isn't as difficult, right? You know, and they've got a chance to win these games, and they're playing a style that you got to—you really got to get your big boy boots and play them because they're physical. They come after you. That front's really good. I wrote about it on 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 my column this week, and the way they're able to attack with their front, their secondary is tough to get to. I think Jack Campbell has helped them. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson has been very good in terms of rushing the passer. So. You know, I I think there's no question that they can get to that number because I think they're gaining confidence with every win. Every win. I mean, people thought they might actually stub their toe. They were never – that game was – Carolina never had a chance to cover that 10. And I think if you bet it, you knew it immediately.
4: Mm. That interception Aiden Hutchinson had last week was just – incredible I feel like I watched the replay like 20 times but credit you too Michael because I I know when we have talked in the past like you're not you weren't the biggest Dan Campbell fan of the rah-rah speeches and the way that he approached things but it's worked for him and and you're a fan now
5: yeah I I think it has worked for him I mean I think to me there's probably more there than meets the eye I think Ben Johnson's done a good job I think Aaron Glenn has done a really good job you know in terms of how this defense has corrected itself how they've played the fundamentals the techniques that they're using and the way they're playing sound they're sound you got to beat them you got to physically block them and it's hard to do and then they play great complementary football they get the lead with their offense they're able to stay ahead look they've lost one game this year you know and and that game they didn't get the ball in overtime that's just the reality i yep. think they're really a good team so You know, look, they proved it. I I was in the belief, and I still think this is the correct way in terms of evaluating anyone. Start with the negativity and make the person prove it to you. You know, whereas when you start positively, like a lot of people do, you know, then all you'd look for is the positives. You know, it's like we watch football. You're too busy working. But Saturday, when you watch football, when Steve Sarkeesian calls a screen pass that goes for 20 yards. I think the guys in the booth are are just going to go berserk. I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my life. They, Oh, my God, Sark, what a great play. You know, like, can we just temper it down a little bit?
4: (laughs) Oh, I love it. Uh, So good. Okay, so for as much as the good as we're looking at here with the win totals that have increased and the better teams – Let's go to the other side of things. We were just having a conversation about the Carolina Panthers. They are on this list as well. Their win total, along with the Bears and Broncos, down a game from five and a half to now four and a half. The season win totals there. The Browns from ten and a half ticked down to nine and a half. The Bengals, Steelers, and Packers from nine and a half to eight and a half. And the Jets from six and a half to five and a half. Um, Same question. Which one of these really stands out to you most?
5: Well, I think the Bengals going down to eight and a half because I kind of agree. Will Hill talked about this on the show this summer. He took the Bengals to not make the playoffs. And I think that's a real possibility. I think the Burrow is better last week in Arizona. He threw the ball better. We saw Chase get the ball, made a difference. But the defense isn't the same level, right? The defense isn't the same level. I don't know how you rule out the Steelers. The Packers, they need Aaron Jones back. That's pretty clear. You know, I think the Jets would be lucky to win six games this year. This will be a huge game against uh, uh, against a uh, uh, Philadelphia because they don't match up to Philly. Philly can run the ball, and as great as the Jets' defense is, they haven't played great run defense all year. Haven't they never uh, beat I Philly,
4: mean, like ever?
5: I mean, this is gonna be. I mean, that line went. To, I I was shocked. The line was at six when it opened. It went to six and a half. Now it's at seven. Mm. But and here's the thing. I don't know if that seven is going to be good enough because the Eagles do a wonderful job of keeping the ball away from their opponent. Plus, with the offensive line injuries now with the Jets, with Tucker being out and they have to move guys around, blocking that front for Philly is going to be difficult. And this is one of those games where Zach Wilson, if it's windy as we think it will be in the Meadowlands on Sunday, it might not be pretty. Mm.
4: Yeah, this is one of those trenches games for me because the Eagles' offensive line we know is so good, and the Jets' offensive line is struggling so much with injuries that I feel like that's where this game's going to be won, and that the the Eagles should be able to handle business pretty easily here. But because you say you don't like the Jets would be pretty lucky to win six games in here, maybe even at that five and a half, you have interest in taking the under for for the Bengals though. Just to go back to that really quickly. Now that it's gone down to 8.5, like, do you think that they can get 9? Was it the 9.5 that turned you off?
5: No, I think, I think they're going to be in a lot of close games, right? I think they're going to be in a lot of – and their offensive line isn't good enough. And I, and I think, to me, because their defense – look, one thing we know about them, they, they've been able to adjust in the second half. I mean, in both championship games, they were down at halftime big, and they rallied back. Their defense kind of saved them. I don't know if the defense can save them this year.
4: Who of those bottom three teams would you say is more likely to hit the over four and a half that we can buy in on? Carolina, Chicago, or Denver?
5: It'd have to be Chicago, although I have no faith in it. I mean, (laughs) everybody's betting Chicago this week. I mean, you just, the money's pouring in on Chicago. Combination of the way they played against Washington and Justin Jefferson's injury. You're on the side of the public on that one if you do. And, you know, and I still think their defense, even though they may get some guys back. Their defense, when they're not healthy, when they were healthy, isn't any good either. Let's not confuse it. Just because you're getting guys back doesn't mean you're better.
4: What what I want to ask you is about Justin Fields specifically is what we've seen the last two games against Denver and Washington. Like, do you think that's going to continue to build and he's going to continue to impress offensively? Or is this more of an anomaly than what you anticipate we see moving forward?
5: Well, he turned the ball over in the last – you know, he lost the Denver Yeah, I mean, game. there's
4: still been issues, absolutely.
5: Yeah, there's issues. So, I mean, and Washington's defense and Denver's defense might be two of the worst in the league. So – and he's got Minnesota. So we know that. Now, Brian Flores is going to pressure. He pressures more than anybody in the league. Be interesting to see how he handles that. I think this is a big game for him. He needs to prove that he can put three in a row of, of games where he's throwing the football. That's the key, right? He is actually throwing the football together.
4: Hotter seat, Frank Reich or Ron Rivera?
5: Well, Rivera's telling people he's not getting fired. So I would say Frank Reich. Rivera thinks he's fine.
4: Well, he also didn't understand no, no, the math I mean, of the I'm playoffs saying, a you know, year ago.
5: He said so. three winning seasons in twelve and as a head coach. I've said so it all, all, all year. Belichick's on the hot seat. He's not. Okay.
4: Coaching malpractice, our favorite term here on the program. We'll be right back.